Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Hey, survivors, welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for being here. This is Erin Hartz, and today I get to talk about emotional maturity. I love this topic because if there's one thing that I think I've gotten better at in the last 10 years, it's that I've moved forward on the scale of emotional maturity. And it's a big scale, and I still am not always there, but I am so far from where I used to be in my maturity levels about my emotions and just acknowledging them or being able to label them or name them. Like I used to not really think about my emotions at all. I would just do something to help myself feel better, such as gossip with a friend or eat a bunch of chips or, um, you know, that kind of stuff, bad behaviors, maybe drink alcohol. That was definitely something that could have helped my emotions be assuaged back then. So today I get to talk about that. Um, but before I do, I just wanted to mention a couple of things like today. I'm so proud of myself because on the way home from work, it's a Monday today and I was feeling like I really just wanted to go buy a bag of like Ruffles type chips. Like they're those kettle chips that are ridged and really crunchy. I really wanted some chips and part one part of me was like, yeah, go to the store and buy those chips and just sit on your couch and eat the chips before you pick up your son from school. So that was one option. And then my other option that I normally do on Mondays is I go to the gym. And lately I've been lifting weights for the last four months five months. Actually, yeah, it's been five months now. Um, so Mondays and Saturdays are my days to lift weights. And the last couple of weeks, I haven't done it as much because I've been sick and I wasn't pushing myself too much. So I did go Saturday. I was able to lift weights. It felt good. And then today I really needed to get back in there because my body needs me to lift weights so that I feel good doing all the things I like to do as a person. I had those two options, you know, and I know we've all been there, right? Do I go in the fork of in the road that goes towards my house with the chips? Or do I go to the gym? And I was really fighting it today. Asking I eventually like seriously asked God for help because (laughs) I was like, I do not gonna I'm not gonna feel good if I go home and eat chips. I'm just gonna feel horrible. And I thought about how my blood pressure probably would get higher with all that salt. Recently I've had kind of a chip overload craving sort of thing, and I one day looked up the effects of too much salt. And I'm sure I'd heard them a million times, but I don't think I'd ever really applied it to myself because usually I'd go for sugar 
And uh, lately, maybe I haven't tried to do the sugar as much, so I've been going for the salty. And so I looked at it, and high blood pressure was definitely one of the things that came up for eating too much salt. And I thought to myself, like, that's not going to make me feel good. I already don't feel great about my body these last couple months. If I do that, my body's even going to feel worse. If I have high blood pressure, I think I kind of am starting to realize what that feels like in my body when I do have high blood pressure. It feels very uncomfortable, I'm starting to notice. And I feel lethargic. And I was just kind of trying to play the tape forward, as some people say, and like, okay, I eat those chips, then I feel really disgusting. Maybe I go on a walk or something, but that's not at all going to negate the, you know, five, six, seven hundred calories I eat in chips, like one walk for 30 minutes is what going to burn less than 100 calories, probably. And or I don't know how many. Um, And yeah, I was trying to play it forward. Then what would I feel like tomorrow morning when I woke up? I would feel really gross because I'm already feeling like my clothes don't fit me properly all the time. So I luckily played it forward. I asked my higher power for help is what I call it. And I did it a couple times and I really meant it like, please stop me from going to the store. And I don't know, whenever I do that, it just feels like the universe or whatever is out there when I really mean it, like I'm really really willing to take that relief that comes when I ask for help. I was able to feel that feeling just a tiny bit of relief and not make the turn to go to the store. And I went straight forward to get to the gym. And I thought about how proud I was of myself because think of my body after eating chips and how it would have felt. And then now I was driving to the gym and I knew I was going to make that choice and not go back. And I was like, awesome, my body is going to feel so much better after I go to the gym. And I realized that A, I was really tired. B, I was really stressed out because I have a ton of appointments and things this week. And I've been really busy today and hadn't taken a break at all. So there's that, right? I can kind of give myself some acknowledgement for all the hard work I did. And then I also realized that I have this big lofty goal of working out at the gym from like 345 to 430 with weights. And then yoga is at 430 to 530. And you know what, that's just too long for a school day. I wish that I could do both those things. And I have a few times in the past. And there's a few times I've done the weights and then I do half the yoga at five and then I leave at five to go pick up my son. But 5.30 feels too late to pick up my son. And then, you know, anyway, so I've kind of, today I realized that's just feeling like too much. So I told myself that all I had to do was go to the gym and lift weights. I didn't even have to do the normal stair mill, if step mill or whatever it's called, if I didn't want to. And I could just do my weights because that is what I promised myself I would do to take care of my body and build muscles so I'd feel good walking around town. Um, But I got to the gym. um, I did do the step mill. I was able to. I did my weights. And then I chose not to do yoga. I looked in there and I was going to be about five minutes late, which already made me feel awkward. And then they were doing some like weird poses against the wall. And that was enough change for me that I was just like, hell no, I'm not doing that today. So it's just so funny how, you know, I'm such a creature of habit and like one little thing different. Like I do like going to yoga class because it pushes me out of my comfort zone. But if you're going to make me put my mat against the wall and do a wall pose today, like what? I do not have the 
energy to do a wall pose today. I mean, I don't know, that's my inner child ranting or something, but I chose not to do it. And I thought, well, I can do yoga at home tonight if I want. Or I did what I said. I went to the gym and at least I lifted weights and I didn't eat those chips. So I was in the clear on my eating and I was already feeling better. So I'm just giving myself a little pat on the back. Thanks for listening to that really long example. But I feel like people would resonate with that because hasn't everybody done that where you have that little fork in the road and which one do you pick and some days I pick the chips you know and it's sometimes a decent choice but today it wasn't a good choice I needed more energy and I needed to feel better in my body not worse so here's the topic that we are getting to today is do you think you're emotionally mature? Are you emotionally mature? Um, how emotionally mature are you? So I came up with like three guideposts maybe or three signs that you're doing pretty good in the emotional maturity category. So there could be a million guideposts. Like I love this topic. I I have considered even renaming my podcast to be something about emotional maturity because I really like talking about it. And watching myself to see how emotionally mature I can get and how I can move forward to deal with situations without reacting in inappropriate ways or blaming other people, that kind of thing. So it's a really, really great topic. So that's what we're going to say today. So I know looking back that 10 years ago or so before I really started therapy and learning about psychology and all that kind of stuff, I can look back there and see that I was incredibly emotionally immature. And I can even look back to my early 20s and see that I really had no clue that back then about my behavior. I had such little self-awareness of the things I did. Like I wasn't a bad person that would like throw trash on the road or, you know, like litter. But there was a so that's like, I guess, physical immaturity. I don't know what that is, but I don't know. It wasn't like stuff like that, but it was more hidden, right? That's why I'm calling it kind of emotional immaturity because I wasn't able to deal with my emotions in appropriate ways that would help me get over things or move forward or, or like I said before, not blame people. I feel like that was a, it's a really, really big part of emotional maturity for me is stop blaming other people and starting to take a look at myself and my own behaviors. No matter how small my responsibility is in a situation, I can still take responsibility for that 5% or the 1% or whatever it is I want to take responsibility for. So if I look back, um, I used to have this best friend and she and I would get on the phone a couple times a week and we would just totally rant to each other about our boyfriends. I think we were boyfriends or maybe it was her husband then. I think it was before I was married that this really happened a lot. So we would get on and we'd just like totally say everything that our boyfriend did wrong and how lame he was. I can't believe he didn't do this. I can't believe he did that. He should be doing ABC. And she and I would totally meet in this like place where we agreed with each other. So it's like we thought it was okay to act like that against our partners. 
And I look back at that now and I think of how wrong I was, of like how unfair I was. Like instead of me looking at maybe what needs of mine weren't getting met, that's something legitimate. I instead like just pushed it on my partner that he was supposed to like read my mind or something and know what I wanted and then give it to me. And my friend would kind of even tell her partner what exactly she wanted. And she was very demanding. I was more like the silent, upset person, the silent, resentful person. She was more the like, oh, I told him I wanted this watch and he hasn't bought it for me yet and blah, blah, blah. You know, so she would kind of go in that way. But, you know, what I was doing was not any better than that. So we would just get kind of in a tizzy and talk about it and laugh. And I guess that's how we got our anger out. But it was very damaging to my partner, even though he maybe didn't know about it, but he probably did. I mean, he probably knew had feelings about it in some way. And that's not cool. And it also isn't cool because I wasn't taking any responsibility for what I might be doing that he didn't like, or such as like gossiping on the phone with my friend and telling her every single detail of my romantic relationship. Like that's not cool either. So there were just no boundaries with that friend and I. And I think boundaries are definitely a sign of emotional maturity where we kind of keep things to ourselves, or we, we know we can discern what to tell other people and what not to. Okay, so let's get into the three signs that you're on the road to emotional maturity. So one of the signs that you are doing a good job, you're on the road, you're on the path to emotional maturity is that you can listen to feedback and take responsibility for your part in a situation, no matter how small it is. So I can look back at my former self and someone would give me some feedback about something. I'm certain at work I had this. Once in a while, there'd be some kind of review or um, where they'd watch me teaching and get feedback about that. And that was very, very hard for me. If I ever heard anything at all negative, I would get so upset and I would literally cry if someone said something negative to me. Um, I still have that a little bit, but at least now I don't flip out about it for a long period of time. Like I might still get upset in the moment, but I also take it seriously. Like I don't try to push it away like I used to. Like before I think I used to take the feedback and I'd say, well, they're wrong. And I'd like make this all about them. Like they're blaming me for something. I'd be defensive and I'd be blaming. And that's just a way to sidestep looking at what I need to maybe change and what they might be saying that's correct. So nowadays, if I have feedback of some sort from a friend or from a supervisor, I listen to that feedback and think about it. Do I agree with them? If so, then I try to change and do what they think is best. Or if I disagree with them, I still kind of keep an open mind like, oh, okay, well, they have that opinion about this. And I think to myself, okay, maybe I don't have that same opinion. So it's okay with me that I'm acting this or that way because I don't think I'm going to change that unless I understand more about where they're coming from. So maybe I could ask clarifying questions about why they feel that way or think I should change this or that. Um, that's the way that I can listen to feedback and now take responsibility and change something because 
some feedback, as long as it's from a reputable person, is stuff that can make us change and grow. And with friends too, like I have had a couple friends in the past who are have good boundaries and they're strong women and they have gently said like, that made me feel uncomfortable when you said that or, you know, something like that. And that's hard to hear. It used to be really, really, really hard for me to hear. And I, it was almost like I couldn't hear it. Like I was like tunnel vision. Like um, it would just shut me down when I'd heard, heard that kind of stuff because I would feel so bad about it and like feel so misunderstood. But nowadays, if someone tells me something like that, I might say something more mature, like, thank you for telling me that. I didn't realize that was harming you or um, something like that. So you can kind of see by your reactions to feedback, how emotionally mature are you, you know, and give yourself some space there, give that person some space, think about it, and go back and ask questions if you need to, you know, so how do you deal with those kind of situations? That's a good one to kind of keep a little dipstick on yourself to see how you're doing emotionally, and how mature you are. Another sign that you are gaining emotional maturity is to recognize when you're angry and take measures to release that anger in ways that don't harm others. So this is something that I didn't know how to do in the past, where if I was angry, I would take it out on others, or I would hide it for a long time and then eventually blow up at others because I'd be harboring resentments. Or like recently, and this still happens to me a little bit, where with my son, I would be anxious about getting ready for work or being on time somewhere. And then I like yell at him that he was not ready or something like that when it was like partly my fault too. So I've really tried to stop that. I've gotten a lot better. I'm definitely not perfect at it. Sometimes I still get anxious and get a little curt with him. Um, But do I recognize my anger much quicker now and then apologize for it? Yes. And when I'm really, really angry at someone, I take that time now to journal about it, journal about my anger, kind of write down all the things I'm super mad at, all the little ins and outs of things. That's one thing to do if you really feel like anger coming up about someone over and over again. Um, You know, journal about it, get those feelings out. There's a lot of healthier ways that you can get through that. Um, Maybe therapy is something where you can get that anger out. That would be a reason to go to therapy, definitely, is to let go of some anger. Um, You know, taking measures that are going to help you work through that anger because anger is a feeling we are going to feel no matter how emotionally mature we are. It just comes up in life. It comes up to protect us. So we just have to find a way that's safe for us to deal with it. So you can kind of think about the last time you got really angry. You know, did you go blaming someone? Did you actually yell at someone? Did you hold it in and then eventually bust out on them? Um, You know, so we have to kind of think about it, take responsibility for us feeling that anger and do some inner work to release that anger. There are definitely ways to do it without blowing up at the other person. Like the other person doesn't have to be involved at all. 
and we can get rid of that anger. I think of people I know that are really, really angry people. Like there's been a few in my family and there's someone I work with who's an extremely angry person. I just look at that and think, gosh, I just so don't want to be like that. To me, that's so emotionally immature and I can see that pattern in myself. I have definitely been that person at times in the past and it's super embarrassing. So I look back and think about it doesn't didn't happen to me that often, but I can recount, you know, four or five times that I was super angry and took it out on another person. And that is not something that I'm proud of. You know, I don't want to be like that. There are definitely ways to get rid of our anger without blowing up at other people. Because really, it's about us when it comes down to it. If someone violated our boundaries, then we have to think to ourselves, like, what is that exactly that they did? And how can I protect myself in the future? Because it's not just going to happen with this one person. This is something that's probably going to come up again and again in your life. And until you really know how to deal with it, it's going to continue. And you're going to have to figure out a way to deal with it and keep yourself calm so that you can be the emotionally mature person I'm assuming you want to be else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast at all. All right, so the third sign that you are on the road to emotional maturity, I think it's that you have an awareness of gossip and you disengage from that type of energy or you disengage from that type of entanglement with others' lives. I can think of myself in the past because I have definitely been part of gossip at times and I really didn't think about how it might hurt other people. I really was just in the moment and it was my way that I learned to connect with people because there's people in my family that use gossip to connect with others and so I learned that that was the way we were supposed to connect with people and then I found out in my 20s that that's not the way you're supposed to connect with people like gossiping is actually really, really rude and it hurts other people. And I really didn't get that message when I was growing up. So I had to learn it on my own. And that was sad because I definitely hurt people because of being part of gossip. I've been part of different schools. Um, I've taught at a number of different schools. And of course, each staff at school, just like any workplace that you've been part of, there are some staffs that are more clicky and gossip a lot. And then there's staffs that don't seem to do it as much. And wow, there was a really rough staff I was a part of a while ago. And they were very into um, getting plastic surgery. And they really wanted to look perfect on the outside. And they would even say things about me and be like, you know, you really should lose five pounds. Or I had somebody tell me something like that. And, you know, just stuff like that, where you know that people are talking about you behind your back. And these people would even talk to me to my face, though. They were like, gosh, you really should get liposuction. Or I don't know what they were saying. Oh, I think they told me I should get a a boob job, too. Yeah, I feel like that is maybe what they said. And I I definitely was overweight to them, so I needed to lose weight. Um, So they were not shy about sharing all that stuff and gossiping about other people. I, in that year, 
I really did kind of disengage from it. I didn't stick with that group that was like that. I was kind of friendly with a few of them. But when I started to realize that that's what they do, you know, luckily, I didn't get to stay at that school because of some changes in in administration and things. Um, And that was actually a blessing. I'm really lucky that I got to move on to somewhere else, even though it was a hard transition. And, you know, now I'm at a workplace where there is seemingly some of that going on in the environment. And sometimes I feel a little bit pulled to hear what's going on from some people that are on the outskirts of that gossip. And other times I'm like, you know what, maybe it's just best for me to do my own thing, be kind to others. Um, Just I don't sometimes being out of the loop is okay, or at least for me, it is like, I don't need to be in the loop if that's what the loop is, is like gossiping about other people and things. So I choose to be out of the loop. It feels a little awkward at times, but I think that's a better choice for me than to be part of the gossip because I don't want to waste my time and energy on gossiping. It really is not something that's going to make me a better person. And I want to be at work and helping others and being there for my students and being a positive influence. So yeah, I kind of have to be be careful of it though, because gossip is very tempting, isn't it? It's very interesting. It's intriguing. It's a tempting sort of situation. Um, there's even all those reality shows that it's like you get to be in the in crowd of the gossip. And I have mostly not watched any of those too. So like that to me feels icky in some ways. Um, but you know, to each their own and whatever works for us. So That was the third sign that maybe you're disengaging from gossip. So if you're doing that, good for you. And I had a friend a couple weeks ago who she came up to me in a circle of people. We were in a group of people and this she gossiped about someone that was in the room with us. And I was so uncomfortable and I still haven't talked to her about that. I really think I'm going to call her really soon, though, and just say that I was really uncomfortable when you talked about the other person. Like, what if she was there and heard? Or even if not, like, that really made me feel yucky. And, you know, I might say something like that. So it is really hard to hold that boundary, but um, we can do it. And I think that this friend of mine, I trust her enough that I think she is emotionally mature and she will be able to deal with her own feelings and probably eventually, if not at the time, thank me for sharing my feelings and she'll deal with it. You know, I can trust that she can take care of her own feelings and she's emotionally mature. Those are the types of friends that I want who can take feedback and who are emotionally mature as well. So thank you for listening and let me know what you think about this topic of emotional maturity and if you want to hear more about it. All right, take care, survivors. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.